The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Welcome back to another episode in the mini-series, The Biggest Mistake Storytellers Make. And this is part two, and we're going to talk about how authors don't always finish every element all the way through. And this is a really big mistake because it leaves this kind of tension in the reader that makes it so that they don't have any kind of uh, total satisfaction. And I can think... (laughs) I can think of kind of an inappropriate uh, example in real life to talk about for this, but I won't talk about that. Instead, I'll talk about ice cream because ice cream is delicious. And uh, so let's say that you've been thinking about ice cream for the last week and you're on this new, uh, you're you're changing your eating habits, okay? (laughs) This is not personal or anything. This has nothing to do with what's going on in my personal life right now. So let's say that you are changing your eating habits, you're waking up earlier every morning so you can work out, and uh, you know that you're not really supposed to eat ice cream because ice cream is bad for you because it's high in sugar, it's high in fat. Oh, it's so cold and amazing. And uh, if you're like me, you have like a weakness. Okay, so superhero has kryptonite, all right? I have chips and ice cream. I can't have chips, specifically Cheetos, in my house or ice cream in my house because I will want to eat it. I just love it. And it's not, listen, I know you guys are like, but Kristen, you're so body positive. You're a plus size individual. You love your body. You're thankful for your body. It's not that I want to be skinny, okay? I want to be healthy. And so that's why I, I shouldn't eat chips like Cheetos anyway. I have high blood pressure, all right? It's bad for me. I shouldn't eat ice cream a ton. It's bad for me to have, like, uh, my brother says that we have this superpower that we can get every little thing out of every calorie (laughs) because he and I both have slower metabolisms. Uh, That's just the way we are. Uh, We can, like, I can't lose weight unless I eat under 1,300 calories. I know. I've tested it. I've tried it. I have to eat less than 1,300 calories a day in order to lose any weight at all. And that means that I'm hungry and grumpy all the time. So I don't do that. But what I can do is avoid eating ice cream and Cheetos, okay? But let's just say that I'm going to plan to have ice cream one night this month, all right? And I'm like, man, I'm really excited for the ice cream. I am so excited for the ice cream. I know that all this working out and eating healthy is good for me, but I'm looking forward to the ice cream, okay? And for you, that might be like a romance novel or a soap opera. Uh, it's okay, just pick something. Pick the thing that you that you like, that you know it's not good for you, but that you can have it once in a while, all right? Uh, so let's say that I have been looking forward to this ice cream 
for a month, all right? And I know I'm going to go to Meadows, which is actually not ice cream, it's custard. Just apply frozen custard to all the times I said ice cream. And I'm going to get a dirty turtle, which this is going to make me so sad I can't have a dirty turtle right now. Do you see? Do you see how far I'm willing to go so that you can learn not to do this to your readers? <laughs> so let's say I'm like, I know I'm going to have a dirty turtle, which is two scoops of frozen custard, roasted pecans, caramel sauce, and hot fudge. Okay? It's like not... It's way past what I should actually have. All right? Uh, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like saving up all my... Uh, cheating credits, let's say, so that once a month I can have a dirty turtle. And then I get to the day. I'm like, it's been four Fridays. This is the fourth Friday. I am going to go have a dirty turtle. And I get there and they're closed for a employee dinner or something. This has definitely happened to me several times in the past, not just at Meadows, at other cool places too. And well, how does that feel? I'm there. Get there with me, okay? We're in western Pennsylvania. It is slightly crisp and chilly outside. All of the leaves are, they have erupted into glorious reds, oranges, yellows. The sun is streaming through the leaves. You've been waiting for a month to get this dirty turtle frozen custard. And you get there, you drive up, and you're like, oh, there's no line. There's always a line here. And then it hits you. It's closed. You are not getting in. You are not having a dirty turtle tonight. Even though this was the one day of the month when you said you could have it. How do you feel? You feel sad. You feel angry. <laughs> you curse the ice cream gods of the universe. Okay? <laughs> you are not in a good mood. And so, when you think back on this memory of not being able to get the dirty turtle that you wanted, how are you going to feel? Are you going to be happy about all the things that were involved in that moment? No, you're going to be grumpy. And what if I could say that you knew that there's this guy. This is an imaginary guy, by the way. His name is Fred, and he is the one who decided to close Meadows on the fourth Friday of the month. And he is personally responsible for the fact that you don't get your dirty turtle. You wouldn't like Fred very much in that moment, would you? You would be like, forget cursing the ice cream gods of the universe. I'm going to curse Fred because it's Fred's fault that I don't have my dirty turtle. And you know what? It would be partially Fred's fault because he's trying to be a good boss. So that's also something to take into consideration. But when... The situation is that you have a reader who has gone through hundreds of pages, thousands of words, tens of thousands of words, hundreds of thousands of characters with you, trusting you, paying so close of attention to every single detail that you're showing them is important, which remember, you need to use story filters. LiterarySymmetry.com uh, forward slash story filters, okay? If you don't know what that is. And so you're, you're, they're there. They're with you. They've taken the ride with you in your story. And at the end, you don't tell them how everything ends up. You don't finish every detail. 
And I'm not saying like finish it forever for eternity. I'm saying give them some kind of general idea about the details you brought up and proven to them that were important. And you have some kind of satisfactory ending. And you don't. You have betrayed their trust. And do you know who you are in this situation? You're not me hoping for the dirty turtle. You're Fred. Except you're worse than Fred because you're not even trying to take care of anybody else. You are solely being lazy. That is exactly what it is. You are being a lazy writer. Listen, I'm not saying you're lazy as a person. I'm saying that you're making a choice in your writing to be lazy if you do not finish out all the elements. Don't do that to the reader. They trust you. They like you. They're in the journey with you. Don't betray them. And so I want you to think not about ice cream <laughs> when you're planning your story or when you're writing your story, but I want you to think with me, I do not want to be Fred. And if your name is Fred, you can think, I do not want to be Malcolm, which is Fred's middle name. I just made that up right now. And you might be thinking, well, Kristen, I don't do it on purpose. It's not like I'm being a, a lazy writer on purpose. It's just too much to juggle. And listen, I get it. I get it because I juggle stuff too. I'm a juggler just like you. But you know what I do when I realize that an element that I hadn't planned for in my worksheets, my fiction worksheets, which you can get for free at literarysymmetry.com forward slash WTPR-F. Go get your free worksheets. When I realize that something has managed to come into my story that is important, that it was not in my worksheets, I use the notes feature on Scrivener and I write myself a note in all caps because I'm yelling to myself, this thing happened, don't forget about it later. And you know what I do when I go through my manuscript? At the end, before I start my first round of editing, I look at my notes that my previous self made me, that my past self made me, and I say, thank you, past self, for making me that note. That was so awesome that you did that because now I'm not going to be Fred Malcolm to my reader. I am going to be the person who gets their frozen custard for them. And they're going to eat it, and they're going to feel nice. And then they're going to do two workouts the next day to make up for it because they want to be healthy, not because they care about being skinny. <laughs> So that's all you have to do is leave yourself notes and then know that you left yourself notes and go back and make sure that everything makes sense. And sometimes all it takes is like a tiny little line and the reader's like, oh yes, this little line just puts like a period at the end of that thought for me. And so now I can move on and I'm not mad at Fred Malcolm and I love this writer and I'm going to be a fan. And guess what? I even want to be friends with this writer which is what we want, right? We want meaningful relationships to come out of our storytelling. That is one of the main reasons why we do what we do, to create meaningful relationships with people who understand our brain spaces <laughs> and to make the world better one story at a time. So you cannot afford to indulge in lazy writing in this I mean, if you're someone who like writes in a notebook, get a different color post-it note. And every time a new element comes into your story, write that thing on the post-it note and then go back and read the post-it notes once you're finished with the first draft. You might be thinking, this sounds like a lot of extra work. 
It's not, though, because when I'm looking through my file uh, in Scrivener, which is amazing, by the way, uh, if you use Scrivener, you, I don't, I've checked out all the other softwares that are out at the current time right now in this digital world where new things are popping up every day, and I still love Scrivener the best. I do not like it for formatting paperback books. I've said that before. Um, but in Scrivener, when you write something in the notes section and you have a scene that doesn't have a title, which I leave all my scenes untitled unless I'm writing a nonfiction book, and that's for a whole nother time. Uh, but if you're writing fiction and you have a scene and it doesn't have a title, it will automatically show you what the notes say. So when I'm looking at the, the folder of my manuscript, uh, I can see the all capital letters in those notes and I can go click on it from not even looking at that scene. And I know that that scene has an element that I need to make sure I resolve later. So I can see that as I'm going and I know exactly where the scenes are, where the unforeseen element has snuck its way into my manuscript. So that's how I deal with that. Uh, and you know, you don't have to do it the same way I do. You don't have to keep track of these things the same way that I do, but you need to figure out a way to keep track of them because this is one of the things that it, that creates a reader dissatisfaction that will make a reader never want to pick up your book again. And if you've read uh, right this way, you know it's not that you get one chance per book per reader. You get one chance for any of your books per reader, so you need to make sure that you're doing all the things you can to prove to that reader that you care about their money and even more important that you care about their time, which is our only unrenewable resource. That and fossil fuels. No, I'm kidding. I'm kind of kidding. So I just want you to understand where the where your readers are at mentally so that you can avoid this problem because this is a big problem that even writers who get paid six figures per job or seven figures per job, they make these mistakes and that's how we end up with cruddy movies. That's how we end up with books that are meh. Uh, this is kind of how I felt <laughs> at the end of reading Final Draft, which I will probably do a review on later because the inclusivity is great. But this was the thing where Riley Redgate failed. She did not finish everything. And it was a bummer. And, you know, we've talked about other books where they just leave part of the plot completely open. And you're like, what? And listen, I'm not talking about series. I'm talking about a standalone. Or at the end of a series, sometimes they'll be like, oh, I forgot to say what the thing was that her father did before he died that everybody was really wanting to know in books one, two, three, four, and five. And I'm hoping that they will not do that in the last book of The Expanse because I want to know about the aliens and the, the aliens that killed the aliens. And if you don't know what that means, it's because you haven't read the series. But uh, anyone who likes that series knows what I'm talking about. And they better, they better resolve it all. And they better resolve the stuff with Duarte and Amos and all that. Because that's their job. Because that's your job when you're writing. Your job is to think about this stuff. And if you don't want to be a storyteller, you don't have to be. But if you want to be a storyteller, it is your job to keep track of these little things that sometimes sneak into our stories. Or even of things that were in our story from the beginning. And that's why we plan. We don't want things that were in our story from the beginning to have no resolution. That's a bummer. <laughs>
So that's why I plan out these things uh, in my worksheets that I use that I have for free online. Uh, I, I write these sort of things in the notes sections or in the character goals. And if something sneaks in, I make a note of it because it's my job and it's your job. And your story will not have the same impact if you forget to do this. So that is why not finishing every element all the way through is the second biggest mistake that storytellers can make. And we're going to find out what the third biggest mistake is in the next episode. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. Happy writing.